Welcome to the IoT Podcast, the home of IoT talks and tales. I'm your host this week, Brad King-Taylor. Tune in every Monday as we are joined by the biggest names in IoT to unravel the trends, misconceptions and predictions for the Internet of Things. Make sure you're subscribed and press the notification bell so you're never out of the loop. Hi guys, before we get into the episode today, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Akenza IO. Akenza IO are a self-service IoT platform allowing you to build great IoT products and services with real value. So here we go then, uh, another episode of the IoT podcast and, and, and this time around we're absolutely delighted to have yourself on, on with us, Duncan. Um, as always, the obvious place to start is just an introduction to you, the business, your background. Um, so for the sake of the listeners, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so hi everyone, my name is Duncan Tobias. Um, I'm the founder and CEO of Brillband. Um, we are a challenger broadband provider based up in Glasgow. Uh, for us, um, you know, I, I sort of got really frustrated with how I was being treated as a broadband customer. Um, uh, to, to condense the story a little bit, I then decided to do a little bit of research. Next thing I knew, I had an old net uh, straight challenger brand and um, we now got uh, a n- numerous customers joining us, and um, yeah, uh, we're we're now on this sort of, I guess, journey of growth, discovery, um, but most importantly, building a business that's focused around our customer and treating our customer um, as a human being. Um, and we we use tech to do that, um, and then also uh, leveraging, uh, I guess, uh, technology to support our team um, in, in in ensuring that that human touch and experience remains um whilst living yeah an, an awesome service nice good i think that's one of the key issues that we'll, we'll touch on or, or probably come back up to it's just the, the 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 treatment that a lot of average people get from broadband company whether it's just cut off or just the promised speeds of that you're just never going to get all that sort of stuff before we go into all that sort of stuff what might be quite good is just just give us a little bit of an insight on what you did before this in terms of you as a person and, and your background <laughs> yeah. on on life, yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's cool. So um, I uh, I started my career selling gym memberships. Um, uh, I uh, yeah, I have uh, uh, the first gym job. I got I, I got five within a month. Uh, then I ended up at Virgin. <laughs> that was a much more successful career there. Um, sort of climbed my way up the ladder. Um, was uh, sales manager of, of, of uh, one of their clubs, which is at Riverside. I'm not sure if they own that anymore. Um, I was then um, told I should apply for Gartner by one of their employees um, and went and worked at Gartner. Survived there for five months. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yeah, unfortunately, uh, yeah, lost that job. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so then I sort of sat twiddling my thumbs thinking, oh, what should I do? Um, and uh, startups seemed to be the place that fitted me and my personality um, I see a problem I want to solve it and I think that's why things didn't go so well in the other roles um, you know that, that, I, that I'd lost in the past um, so I went and worked at a startup called Henchman in London they were doing one hour delivery uh, all across London back in 2014-2015 uh, um, that's a lie 2015-2016 sorry um, and then I um, I worked with them actually on, on, on pivoting the business to a, a, a beta B model from a B2C. They were then acquired by a business called Rico Logistics. Um, uh, I then went and did a brief spell with the software side of the company, Captain AI. Um, the CEO and I 
agreed that it wasn't the right time to have a sales individual in that business because they were building out all the AI functionality. And actually, that business is now over in Canada and Ryan's doing doing his thing over there. Um, and I sort of looked at my partner, uh, Helena, who's now my wife, um, and was like, we should start a business supporting startups to raise capital. Um, mm-hmm. We've both done that and had exposure to it. She a lot more so than I. Um, and yeah, that's sort of... we. We built that business. Uh, it's been going for close to six years now. Um, uh, I stepped away from that in in the pandemic, um, or just pre-pandemic, sort of beginning of. Um, mm. I had worked myself a little bit into the ground, uh, burnt out, got anxiety and depression, um, uh, <laughs> stress-induced anxiety and depression. Um, and it was Brill Band was born because I was uh, on on the um, on the phone to my or not on the phone but on a zoom call to mm. my uh my counselor um and it kept cutting out and, and wow. it was in, it just was really anxiety inducing then having to try and call bt at the time um, yeah. and i was on hold for for ages and the more the longer and longer i was on hold the more and more anxiety built up just because i didn't want to speak to anyone external at the time and i was like why can't i just deal with this like i do with starling where i can just mess with someone in that and that sent me down the rabbit hole and here we are today and here you are today. Honestly, it's one of the best ways that I, so it's hard to explain what I, what is in my head, but the way that you found Brill Band and the reason behind the whole wanting to do it is is real close to home. Right? A lot of people, well, most of the viewers won't won't know that uh, stress induced anxiety and depression, something that I've struggled with quite a lot in the past um, from work related issues. Um, Likewise, I've done many a Teams meeting with counsellors and had many an internet issue. So um, it's really positive to see someone turn that into a good thing and use it as a as a step up into into what you are now, which I'm sure we can touch on too. So for me, yeah. just as personally, and I'm sure some of the listeners will, will back it up, like congratulations, man. Like this is just a great story to, to be able to share. So um, yeah, well done. Appreciate that. It's good. Um, real band then. So... Let's, let's go in, into this. You've given us a bit of a background on it, but I suppose let's, let's touch into what it actually is. So uh, I mentioned it at the start that um, delivering some of the speeds that you can, that you don't actually get from some of the mainstream providers. Um, yeah. Let's go into, so what does this, what does Brillband mean to the customer? What speed are you providing? How do you do it? Yeah, so we, we wanted to really simplify things. Uh, at the end of the day, we really want to create the most loved broadband provider on the planet. And now that sounds really airy-fairy, I know. <laughs> the way to do that, though, we believe was to simplify everything because broadband, Wi-Fi, all of it's quite complicated for people that aren't well-versed in it. And that's probably 99% of, of, of the population. Um, you know, 1% of the population are really, you know, will, will, will know bits and bobs, will know about CGNet, will know about static IP addresses, port forwarding, all these different buzzwords. But fundamentally, people just want broadband that works. Um, and, and so we, we partnered with City Fiber um, to uh, leverage their infrastructure. So think of them as the, the pipes, really. Okay, they, they provide the pipes and then we build our service on top of that. Um, and the way in which we've built our service is um, very much software defined. Um, and this is where sort of the secret source of broadband lies. Um, we basically leverage a lot of cloud-based PaaS services. Um, uh, and we combine that with tier one global network providers um, to enable a very highly scalable but cost-effective solution that enables us to deliver 900 megabyte per second speed, symmetrical. So that's 900 up, 900 down, 
net average speeds. Um, we actually sit higher than those when we when we do our internal monitoring, but we, we we'd rather under under promise and over deliver than over promise and under deliver, which is seems how the industry has been built on. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> and 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 yeah, that that enables us to deliver our price point of thirty five pounds per month. Uh, we have no in contract price rises, um, and then it also enables us to provide the customer support and service that we provide, which is which is looking at broadband not as a luxury so speed equaling price and um you know we'll speak to you when we get to you but more looking at how we can be proactive with our customer base how we can notify customers that there's going to be planned maintenance how we can notify customers of outages before um you know it's all over bbc news and and twitter and you, and you see that with the incumbents you see that recently most recently with virgin media um, you've got customers on BBC News reporting that you know they're finding out by going um, onto Twitter, you know, and and and, and Facebook. That, that's not right. Um, so really, it's about making and treating broadband like a vital commodity, like you would water and energy, um, because it, it it's fundamental to our way of living now. Everything's connected within the home, you know, um, and and without it, people can't, you know, not only work, but but a lot of people can't get the support and medical support they need we've got we've got customers that that rely heavily on 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 the internet to do that whether that's through mental health or whether that's through um therapy physiotherapy etc um through to education so um we fundamentally believe if we can do that um, and if we can build a product that people love and people feel supported by we intrinsically has a better impact on 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 everybody really or everybody that's our customer yeah yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it, everything seems to be going really well. And again, we touched on uh, it's an industry that inevitably acts like a used car salesman. It's just got one of those <laughs> reputations, doesn't it, of just being a difficult industry, which is uh, poor Wi-Fi connectivity. I'm, I'm assuming being the age that, that Brillband is, that you've come across some challenges. Um, so I'm yeah. intrigued to know what the challenges you faced are. But one of the follow-up questions to that would be, did did COVID and the lockdown and that sort of stuff have a big impact on on the industry or Brillbound because of the, I'm assuming that the user demand went up quite a lot. Yeah, so obviously Brillbound wasn't live during COVID. Um, I was at the time building the business. Um, and intrinsically, I think, you know, it was great for the industry because to be honest, it made it, they were sort of thinking, oh, you know, look, everyone needs us. No one's going to cancel their Brillbound contract, right? Yeah. But I think it also made the industry think, oh, God, like our support functions are not up to scratch and they still aren't. And the reason they aren't is because they've not been challenged. The way in which networks have been built have not really changed for 30 mm -hmm. years, and particularly the operational support systems. They're often considered last and off the shelf products that have been in play for, again, years are plugged into other systems, are plugged into other systems. And you get this weird sort of Frankenstein effect that means you know, they rely on IVR, you know, it's 10 minutes before you even get through the IVR in some cases, and then you're on hold to go and speak to someone. And you know, realistically, that's just not how things work in the in the 21st century. So yeah. we've got our companion app that will be launching in um, uh, end of May. Um, yeah. So that's a little exclusive for you. Um, <laughs> that um, will be very similar to your sort of your Starling Monzo-esque type type um, UX and um, so you'll be able to speak to us in app you'll be able to view all your billing um, um, you know 
basically do all the administrative parts of, of yeah. being our customer uh, in the palm of your hand, which is really important. Um, even levers, you've got the levers in the palm of your hand, okay? Because again, we don't want to entrap you. Again, that's how the industries work, right? Like it's, hmm. it's like, oh, why is it so difficult to leave my provider? I just want to switch to somebody else. Yeah. Um, and we've got all that coming with one touch switching, but as you'll have seen, Ofcom are now doing an investigation into why the industry hasn't moved with that. Well, we all know why. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to move with that. They want to make switching difficult. And that's one of the challenges we've faced. We've faced yeah. incumbent ISPs specifically um, cutting people's internet connections off on days we can't install them. Yeah. So they'll do it on a, a Sunday. We don't do installations at the weekend. City Fiber don't do installations at the weekend, right? And these yeah. are these are companies that utilize city fiber infrastructure. So they know it's not something that's like, a, oh, <laughs> yeah, mm. that was an accident. Um, yeah. And these are the type of the things that happen within the industry at a real ground level to try and to try and keep and, and win custom. Um, so I think I've gone a bit off topic. No, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm, no, you have, you've touched on challenges, which was the main question, to be fair. So you're, you're all right. Um, the it, In terms of some of the stuff that you've done and you, you've tried to then so you've got a 35 pound a month um uh price point you, yeah. you like the contracts and sort of stuff you touch on have you ever had anyone come up to you and you're putting these ideas on the table and they've gone you're mental like that in the, in that yeah. industry it's going to be that's never going to work oh literally like yeah when, when it, i mean back in 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 2020 it was just me and a piece of paper and an idea right and i, I went and raised i think it was yeah six hundred and sixty thousand. Um, combination of uh, bench capital um, and, and industry angels, but that took a long time. That that took me um, over a year to complete that round. I'm not going to sit here and go it was an overnight, you know, <laughs> easy for easy, you know, like journey. I'm a wizard. We, we, yeah, the, the, the people spin with PR, right? Like it's a really yeah. easy thing to do, um, but it's not. It's, it was incredibly difficult, um, and that was the number one thing. Like your mental, how can you take on Sky? How can you take on Virgin? How yeah. can you take on BT? It's all someone has to. Right. Someone has to look at this um, the, the incumbents and go, well, no one's challenging them. So why will they change? And that's not a bad thing. Like I'm not anti incumbent. Right. That's that's toxic. You know, be mm. like that. But it's like, hey, guys, the better way of doing this and, and we can be that better way. So, you know, we're just going to show you. And then if you decide to come and start doing what we're doing, well, great. We welcome competition. Like, yes. that's how we innovate as an industry. You know, that's how the consumer at the end of the day benefits. So competition price is great. We want that. Um, we're not sat here going, we want to be the only one. You know, that's, that's again, we're going down that sort of weird PR spin, right? Yeah. Because it's just about showing that there is another way, disrupting a market that's intrinsically steeped in technical and operational debt and, and leading a, a, a sort of a, a path to, to, to better pastures for us all, really. Yeah, I think... <laughs> How many companies do we know that are probably household names now, or some some being some of the biggest companies in the world? They would have started right at the same point as everyone else yeah. at the bottom, but they've got a product that they know gives a solution, and they're disruptive and they challenge. You look at the challenger banks, you look at the Monzos and the Starlings of the world, right? In the yeah. UK. And you know, Tom for the first three thousand customers at Monzo. Well, they were they were sending those cards out via the post. They were just packing them in the office. And the first three thousand hmm. Monzo prepay cards. That's what it was originally. You know, it was anti bank prepay. Oh, we don't want to be a bank. Yeah, were sending those out via same with Starling. You know, like it has to start from somewhere. We wouldn't like the feud going there. I don't want to get into any. <laughs> I don't want to get involved in that. <laughs> yeah. That's um, a proper rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. right. But, but both <laughs> of them have become household challenger brands that people people use. Every day, millions of people use them. Um, 
and they had to start from I'm going to yeah. tackle a bank. One was anti-bank and one was going, well, the banking system's broken. And that was a COO at RBS. You know, like it's so we need to be looking at industries the way they did. And, and I think, you know, we've seen it in energy. We saw it with Octopus and we saw we saw it with Bold to a certain extent, obviously sad what happened to them but fundamentally the heart was in the right place it was challenged the the establishment right and and we need to now do the same with broadband and connectivity i'm, I'm almost convinced there's people listening to this podcast that have had ideas or they've come across challenges in life that they could probably put their mind into it and come up with a solution that works for them that, that will work for a lot of different people so um yeah. i urge them to, to listen to this and, and take it on board um Going back to something you mentioned a minute ago, so you mentioned about uh, a device plugging into a, into something, then plugging into something else, something else. So, uh, as we all know, um, uh, a lot of it's around the Internet of Things. So, when it comes to Internet of Things and your and your solution, when you're talking to manufacturers and that sort of stuff, so how do you go about ensuring the IoT devices compatibility with with Brillbound and, and how it all works? Yeah, so there's there's. Um, we follow uh, codes set by the TM Forum and the MEF Forum. So they're yeah, big international okay. bodies that really stipulate um, how you should build networks to ensure that there's compatibility with devices. And then it's about being selective with your with your partners. So for us, we're partnered with Amazon. This is an Eero here. So this is actually the router that we give a customer. It's, it's quite cool looking bit of kit. Yeah. Um, it's totally. capable of, of, of a 1.2 gigabyte connection into it. Now we don't do 1.2 uh, gigabyte connect we do a 900 one um so why do you get 900 off this device um and you will get uh, a wireless speed anything of, of, of around 600 uh sort of um, download and but upload we've got customers reporting upload speeds of anywhere between 700 and 800 with with this router now that's plenty um <laughs> for your everyday user right yeah now we do have one we have the one percenters that we we call them um internally um and they're great at fantastic customers they give us brilliant feedback um, and these are people that are tech savvy they understand what they're talking about and they may want for example more more ports on the back so there's only two there so you can have yeah. one wide device in so again we, we we're working um with them on identifying we have identified the perfect switch that they can they can plug into this which is 14 quid and gives them you know 10 different wide nice. ports but again we're, we're we're going back to what is Brillbound built for, right? It's built for, it's built for everybody. And, yeah. and, and we have to service as many people as we possibly can. Most people just want a stable wireless connection around the home. Um, Eero, before they were acquired by Amazon, I was, I was monitoring them actually. I was quite fascinated by their journey. Um, when they were acquired by Amazon, it was, you know, it's a, it's a surefire way of in, in ensuring that the router that we were supplying our customer was not only one of the best routers on the market, it is an award-winning device, yeah. but also was going to be compatible with you know, your, your Samsung smartphone, your iPhone, your, your PlayStation. Um, and, but, but then again, you'll still get varied Wi-Fi speeds and, and there's loads of reasons why no Wi-Fi provider can, or broadband provider, but that's why we're not Wi-Fi providers, right? No broadband provider can, can guarantee wireless speeds in, in homes. They can guarantee wired speeds and we do, but, but wireless speeds, there's so many factors. Um, and this is where Again, you look at the, the, the different um, industry standards that have been implemented. So that's where you get your Wi-Fi 5, your Wi-Fi 6, and Wi-Fi uh, 6. Yeah, and there we go, uh, the segue. Um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about <laughs> Wi-Fi 6 and, 6, uh, and 6E, because yeah. um, I know you, yeah, you go cool. into quite a lot of detail when we spoke about it off camera. So, um, well, let's start off with the obvious. What is Wi-Fi 6 and what is 6E? Yeah, so they're just standards. They're just industry standards, right? So. Um, 
and it saves you having to learn this like really long code of, of, of basically numbers and, and digits. So realistically, Wi-Fi 6 was launched, I believe, in, well, I know that this <laughs> Wi-Fi 6 device, right, was launched in 2020. Uh, yeah, yeah everyone's getting Googled up as we speak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to avoid things. Okay, this is all for memory. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's 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 more along the lines of um, so Wi-Fi six basically uh, will enable um, you to to run these sorts of speeds that we do. Okay, but it will also mean that um, your devices around the home will do better routing. It will make sure that each device is is getting enough bandwidth, um, and those devices because they've got higher grade chipsets in, so more advanced. Um, uh, so there's, there's different top brands out there, right? Mm-hmm. But wireless chipsets in them will mean that they can run at faster speeds, okay? Now, there are legacy devices in homes that are running Wi-Fi 5 and, 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 and lower um, that will not be able to achieve speeds. So you, you may have a 900 megabyte connection into your property, but on one device, you only receive 100 megabytes per second. Yeah. Right? And that's got nothing to do with our service or ours bts you know anyone's right mm-hmm. that's to do with the chipsets and the device so it's not just chipsets okay so again the, the the standard will dictate how many antenna you have in the device as well so you've got the wireless chip you've then got the wireless antenna that sit in that device and that's how they receive the signal um and then you've also got processing power that can also play a part in um in how your device um connects to to the network and what speeds your device is capable of. Um, to give some context, Wi-Fi 6 is run in PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. is run in the latest iPhone 14. Now, the latest standard, Wi-Fi 6E, is not running those devices. Um, okay. It is running some very expensive high-end devices. So um, some laptops will run it. Um, some of the newest Apple Macs will be running Wi-Fi 6E. Now, but they are, you know, you're talking £2,000-plus investments into that yeah. sort of kit. So, again, we were, when we looked at, well, what devices have Wi-Fi 6E in them? Very few. Wi-Fi 6 is more adopted. But, again, to put in perspective, the Xbox, the, the brand-new Xbox is still Wi-Fi 5, right? So it's not a Wi-Fi 6-compatible device. And that's a gaming, you know, it's a gaming device, one of the biggest gaming consoles in the world. Um, and here's where it gets even, even more obscure, right? So... Even if you're building to the Wi-Fi 6 standard and you've got the chipset and the antenna, um, Wi-Fi 6 E standard, you've got the chipset, the antenna, the processor. Manufacturers, because of margins, will make decisions based on the quality of the chipset that goes in, the amount of processing power, the number of antenna, which all have an impact on the speed that that device will receive. So... This is why we bring it all the way back to it's a Wi-Fi 6 compatible device. The likelihood yeah. it is if it's a Wi-Fi 6 compatible device, it's built to Wi-Fi 6 standard. So you're going to get a good connect. You're going to get good connectivity, but you, you're not going to get balanced connectivity around your home. And it's one of the common queries right. you get, right, is why do I get uh, 200 megabytes sitting on this device and uh, 600 megabytes sitting next to it on this device? Again, I'm exaggerating a little bit there on the yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. But, but the reason why is, is likelihood is, is because of the chipsets from those devices. Other things that have massive impact on, on, on your Wi-Fi signal around your home and on your connected devices will be building materials. So yep. um, big glass walls like this, they're a nightmare for, for oh, Wi-Fi okay. signals. And um, if we look at uh, um, a lot of new builds in the UK um, are built with wire-backed plasterboard, you're basically building a Faraday cage. 
in the room, right? So when the doors open, I get Wi-Fi signal. When the doors close, I don't get Wi-Fi signal. The reason being is that's the only way the signal can get in and out of that room. And then if you look at older builds, so I'm in Glasgow, um, I live in a, in, a, in a tenement building, so I live in a big sandstone blocks, you know, <laughs> so, so you're like, well, that's why it's really, it's built yeah. in bunker. Um, so, you know, there's, there's so many variables that will affect your IoT devices around your property, but also your business, right? And, and these are the things you need to consider. So if you're, if you're building a new home, if you are building an office, Right? and you need good connectivity to your, to your IoT devices, you really need to be thinking about the materials that you are deploying into that space. And you also, if you're, particularly for a business, when you're making decisions on equipment, kit, and you're highly dependent on, you know, on, on wireless devices, you need to be looking at not only the Wi-Fi standard that it's using, but also the quality of the kit within the, the um the, the devices itself. So we've had this um, had a couple of conversations with some sort of PC gamers recently. That oh, I've got this game, I've got this console, that. What's the Wi-Fi chips that you've got in there? Oh well, I saved I saved some money on that because you know it's just wireless chips. And no, <laughs> that's yeah, why you're so... not getting the speeds. You know, you're only you're only able to get 300 megabytes per second at the device because of the wireless chipset that you've put in the the um the combination of the wireless chips and the antennas that you put in the device a quick word from today's episode sponsor akenza io guys i speak to a lot of organizations wanting to develop their own smart solutions and the common barriers that keep cropping up is complexity this is why i'm so behind akenza io using their no code self-service platform companies can build great iot products with value cases connecting controlling managing and securing iot devices all in one place at speed and scale. Their unbiased technology makes it possible to register any type of device via any connectivity technology, process the data and make it available to any application in the cloud. The platform is adapted to organizations of all sizes, from startup to enterprise, from one device to massive IoT deployments. Thanks to the self-service solution, you can start creating your IoT case right away even without coding skills. Akenza IO are offering an exclusive 30-day free trial so you can test the platform out for yourself. Check out the link in the description and start building your smart solution today. So that's yeah. one of the things I've actually written down. Um, so I've written down uh, capabilities with an arrow because you mentioned that the new Xbox, so it actually resonates again close to me because I've literally just brought a PlayStation 5, but for a while I was looking at either or. Um, yeah. So in terms of the capabilities of, it doesn't have to be gaming, but of a product with Wi-Fi 5, a product with Wi-Fi 6, and then yeah. a product with 6E, what, what are you expecting? Just quicker or? Just, yeah, quicker. Um, if it's marginal, 6 and 6E is very marginal, right? It's, okay. not, it's not huge. It's like going from an iPhone. iPhone you mentioned a lot of money more. <laughs> You know, an iPhone. I, I, I'm not an iPhone customer. I'm a Samsung guy. So don't don't knock me. Right? We I literally this is in the office today, uh, and Beth, who's listening, who's our creative director today, she sent out an email because we we've done something on our profile pictures on our LinkedIn. Yeah. But in order to do it really well, you have to have an iPhone to do it. And someone had a lot of issues about an Android phone, and it was actually me, me email around saying, "I'm assuming if you've got an Android phone, you still take your notes on an Etch Sketch." Um, and it's just yeah, one of the, it's just one of the, it's just one of those things. I don't know why. I mean, they, they do some great phones. My other half's got always Android. Um, no, I don't know. It's just a... 
I've just but always been a Samsung man. You keep using why. the... It means something, though, because you keep going back to an iPhone reference, even though you don't use it. No, well, yeah, I mean, I'm using the iPhone reference because most people, I think, on this podcast might have an iPhone. Um, Other brands yeah, are, I mean, uh, Yeah, they are, indeed. <laughs> um, you know, but I think, I think my, my point there is it's, it's, it's pretty negligible, um, yeah. to be honest with you, even with Wi-Fi 5. Look, you know, there's a reason why Microsoft have decided to put a Wi-Fi 5 chipset in the Xbox, right? Yeah. And, 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 and it's, I think that's it, really. It's just, you know, all of these codes sit there but but the grand scheme of things, what do we really need? We really need bandwidth in homes, okay? And that's what our focus is. So that's what the 900's there, okay? The 900 is not necessarily going to give you 900 speed unless you wire it in, okay? Mm-hmm. It's more about giving your property the bandwidth to run multiple IoT devices throughout your home. Because connected homes are happening. It's not, we always hear it's a thing of the future. No, it's now. No, it's now, yeah. It's now, and it's growing at a rapid rate far quicker than I believe what's being reported. You know, we've got, we've got you know, listen to the Parenting Hell podcast, actually, with Rob Beckett and Josh Whittakam. And, um, you know, they have people right in. They've got kids with, like, iPhones age 10, you know, yeah. like, you know, and younger. He was just, I think he was talking about a six-year-old with an iPhone. I'm like, this is this is nuts. So, yeah. you know, one of the things that, that, that we are, we are very focused on is, is making sure our customers can can monitor those devices and manage those devices. And again, that's why that partnership with Euros um, was was selected because we can leverage a lot of the tools that they they have already built to throw that. And, and and the problem we're trying to really solve is is, is making connectivity and, and bandwidth accessible, right? Yeah. Um, at an accessible price point um, that's not only great for customers and great for the team, um, because a lot of those savings that we have made in the core, or we pass on to our, to our entry level team. So we pay 20% more than BT for a customer yeah. support teammate, right? It's, it's, it's bonkers. Um, and then um, it, it uses far less energy. So we use far less energy, far less, uh, 75% less hardware. So you know, the impact on the planet is, is, is fantastic because you're, yeah. you know we're not we're not causing as much impact and then we're not causing as much waste and um, so yeah sort of our, our spot yeah it's something that i um i urge you to talk more about to be fair in terms of that sort of stuff because sustainability and all that sort of stuff is huge at the moment and i'm really yeah. glad that you've mentioned that smart homes are here and and not coming because i still see on linkedin all day people saying our oh, smart homes are coming even my mum for instance she's like oh I just I would never have a smart home, and she sat there with her Kindle on her lap, her iPhone 12, uh, sat next to her smart uh, smart electric meter, watching Disney Plus on her Amazon Fire Stick, and I'm like, Mum, you are already here. <laughs> it's yeah. just something you've got to get used to. I'm afraid. Um, what's the future then? Let's talk about the future of, of where it all goes. So, um, actually, before that, there is a point that you made on the new build stuff because uh, I've just moved into new build. Is there? something in the pipeline whether it's yourself or or someone else or is it already happening people going into and saying that why are you still building new homes with this with this uh material was there another two materials be looked at or something better look i'm i'm not gonna sit here and pretend to be a builder right (laughs) yeah yeah no of course there are certainly other ways of doing things but there are also more traditional ways of doing things yeah Um, but i think you know we're a country that's in crisis everywhere, you know, yeah. like in, 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 when you read the news, right? And one of those things is a housing crisis. And so how do you build homes quickly, efficiently? Um, you know, these are things that, that that industry need to look at. But, you know, one thing that I would urge any developer to be doing um, when it comes to property is be putting connectivity alongside your 
you know, boiler, your um, gas, your electric, right? Don't put, so like, it's mad. This, we had, uh, we worked with a, with a guy and he had, um, had a flat, one of these beautiful flat in London, right? And um, he, a uh, new build, um, just in Canary Wharf, squillions like these these they're, they're expensive properties right the, the ont for the full fiber connection that went into the property is in the airing cupboard so you, <laughs> it's surrounded by metal pipes yeah. yeah well metal pipe it's, it's in the cupboard in the back room like no yeah. one's sitting in their airing cupboard gave it are they like, <laughs> and if they are well look you know yeah. harry potter <laughs> you know it's the only person that i know that would be would be potentially doing that and we probably yeah. have to be child line um, yeah. or any other service out there to support them but look you know it's it's mad right so yeah. that's my, my i urge you know property developers to start taking connectivity yeah. seriously right and 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 really think about the building materials that they're using as well but that's like not wading into that right I'm gonna get yeah a, exactly a load of spam let's go back to the question that i was going to ask which is the future um so yeah what in your in your mind? What is the future? I know we um, there's a certain number we won't go into, but what's the future of of six six E uh, Wi Fi? Um, but also, once you've once you've gone onto that, what's next for you? What's next for Brillband? I think in terms of the industry, the industry will continually you know improve standards. They will uh, make innovations. They will, I hope, bring down the price of chipsets. But you know that's where there's been an issue within the industry in general is. You know, all of these things require resource, silicon, copper. You know, where does all this stuff come from? Well, a lot of it comes from the Congo. A lot of it comes from, from unfortunately, areas where there is um, a lot of depravity um, and a lack of stability. Um, and the labor in those areas can't be guaranteed that they're free from child labor or, or things like that. So I think there's, there's two things here, right? We've got to develop as an industry, but at the same time, there are there is there is innovation for innovation's sake right and and sometimes i think as an industry we need to stop and go hold on is connectivity at a point where people are, can, can can do what we're doing right now you know like yeah. i'm in glasgow <laughs> you're down in is it london or manchester that you guys are based i think well, well, well i'm actually in bristol i'm in bristol today to be fair bristol today there we go so <laughs> yeah, we're doing this right now like we're opposite yeah. ends of the uk okay like yeah. um so I do think the industry needs to look at that. Um, yeah. For us, you know, ours, I said at the beginning, really, you know, we want to be the most like broadband provider on the planet. Okay. Now that doesn't mean the biggest. Okay. I don't want to, I don't know, take over the world or do what Elon Musk wants to do and put satellites in space and then advertise Tesla. Thinking in the brain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or in the brain. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, cool, right? You know, go, go and do those things. But, but for us, it's just about fundamentally making sure that, that, our customers um, have the connectivity they need. Um, when things go wrong, there's someone at the other end of the phone. And by other end of the phone, I don't mean, you know, the old yeah. school. I mean, the smartphone, you know, just type it yeah, to yeah, us, yeah. Like, tell us, right? Um, and, um, and on our website, you know, again, we've got live chat on there anyway, and it answered in like 30 seconds. I'm sure people are going to now start, start testing that out. Um, be kind. Um, the, uh, it's been 35 seconds and no one's replied. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but but really, you're going to get a response, okay? And, yeah. And I think for me, um, you know, that's it. You know, fundamentally for us, it's about looking at expanding throughout um, the rest of the UK, um, and then we do have our own European expansion as well. Um, 
the brilliance about the way in which we've built our network means that we can manage everything from 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 one central location uh, because it's cloud based. So we can manage, uh, for example, a network in Spain here, and all we need to do is place teams, uh, local teams, so that we really understand the culture, the people. As I said, people sit at the core of this company, and and so we can service those people and and their cultures effectively because uh, for us, fundamentally, culture sits at the heart of of if, if, well, for my personal belief and therefore the business belief is that culture sits at the heart of of everything we do and it sits at the heart of our business as well so if we if we nail that um we feel that we can achieve our goals nice love it um i think i think for the moment that me you and my ceo tom uh, or the other host i'll call him <laughs> um we spoke months ago me and tom both came off that call like we're we always talk to people that provide technology, technology for good, all that sort of stuff. Very rarely is it a technology that we can physically see ourselves using to a yeah, personal exactly. way. And we both got off it and we were like, that is something that when it's available that we're going to look into. Um, so I think what you've done is brilliant. Again, I go back to the way that it was founded and what it meant to, to you uh, at the time is, is brilliant. Um, so a huge congratulations. I wish you all the best of luck with everything. And I think the future is very bright. Um, to, to, to finalise, we always wrap up with a few questions, um, some quick fire ones, one from the audience, um, and then just your future prediction for outside of your industry. So um, we'll start with that one. So if you can think of something that isn't directly related to, to Brillband or, or Broadband, what do you predict for, for something within IoT for, to, for 2023 to be a big standout? Oh, that's actually, a, that's a good one. Um... I'm underprepared for it. <laughs> <laughs> Could be anything. Uh, there's buzz. Think of a buzzwords. No, do you know what I think? I think I, I, I was fortunate enough to be in Finland um, uh, just in November at Slush. Um, but prior to that, I, I was at Nokia's head, headquarters. Um, and I think private wireless 5G networks is something that I think okay. in, in 2023 will take off. Um, yeah. I think they're fantastic. Uh, a fantastic bits of kit, very simple to deploy and provide a level of security um, that businesses within logistics, armed forces, um, space, telco can yeah. can leverage quite quite well. Um, so I think that would take off. To be honest with you, five G as a whole is just astronomically big, uh, and the, and what people, companies that we deal with on a day to day basis, companies on this on the podcast. Uh, yeah, 5G is just game-changing for so many different reasons. Um, one that uh, you hopefully will be more prepared for. Uh, question from the audience. Um, how do you handle issues like network congestion and bandwidth limitations when it comes to supporting a large number of IoT devices on your network? So we, we don't throttle anything. So that's just about planning and yep. preparation, having the right partnerships in place, providing the right routers. Um, and ensure, like I said, but ensuring that we have um, the right tier one global network providers working with us um, and, and, and buying the right amount of um, data on our side to support um, to support our customers access the global internet. Nice, nice, cool. Finally, three quick fire questions. Um, can't remember the last time these were actually quick fire because they do tend to create some conversation, but uh, first one, uh, a quote that you live by or a quote that you Ooh. love? 
Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Uh, do you know what? I do like Nikes just do it, right? Yeah, nice. Um, and, and, and I can give you another one, which is just keep it simple, right? Um, I think when, when things... Um, Actually, do you know which one I'm going to use? I've just given you two, which is quite generic. Right? <laughs> but there was one that I heard recently, um, and it was from, so just take a beat, right? Take a beat. Okay. Before making a decision, making a judgment, right? Before answering something, which I should have done here, right? So I'm not living by the, the <laughs> thing that I should have done, right? Love it. Just take a beat. Yeah. Because a beat, right? Three seconds, right? It's, it's, and it doesn't affect anything, but it allows you to make a considered decision and considered answer. And actually, do you know what? I think society on a whole should be doing that. We should be less reactionary. Is that even a word? We shouldn't react, right? It's now. Being more thoughtful and considered. Yeah. yeah. Let's be more considered, right? With everybody. Yeah. Because, you know, if it's someone you don't like or someone with a different opinion, right? Just take a beat, take a moment, consider it. You don't have to agree with it, but consider your reaction to it, right? And, and again, that's something that I try and live by. Yeah, uh, very much. I, I love it. I'm reading a book at the moment um, uh, and it basically talks about how you react to certain situations and how your brain thinks. So it takes something in, whether it's information, and immediately your chimp reacts to it. They call it the chimp in the book. And it's just you you do something, react, whether it's road rage or whether it's a decision that you make and then you, you sit down and you think, probably should have done that. Um, or that's not got me anywhere. When really, if you take that, that little bit of a second or take a beat as you say and uh and use your human side of the brain and react like that that's where a lot of time and i do you know what there's been so many times um because i can be a, quite a straight talking person sometimes too much um but a lot of the time i, I tell you what i'll give you a recent a recent reason someone reversed into my car not so long ago um and dented the door quite badly and i've only had the car for about three months um and you know, he just reversed into me. He, he must have seen me. Anyway, I sat in the car, I sat at the wheel, and I was like, this is your chimp thinking right now. I won't tell you what was going through my head because it, it's, ex <laughs> it's expletive. But this is your chimp talking. I got out of the car, I shook his hand, I said, let's make these things happen. Blah, blah, blah. We dealt with it. We didn't, even use, uh, didn't go through the car insurance. Uh, that is a, a choice of everyone else. Uh, you can do. But uh, he paid for it. We got it sorted, resolved. Still speak to him yeah. to this day. Lovely bloke. And it's just like, if I'd have got out of the car and reacted in a way that I thought I was going to, but I didn't, I took, I took a beat, as you say, uh, and the, the outcome was just so much better. Um, yeah. So fair play. This is what I mean. It's never quick fire. Question number two. Um, <laughs> I'm excited by your answer for this one. Uh, what if, you, if a film was to be made about Duncan, what actor would play you? Ryan Gosling, all day. <laughs> quick fire. Yeah, Shall fair I? enough. Yeah, yeah Jason um, Statham's mine. <laughs> Go, for obvious it, reasons so just go, just, there you, go. you can see yeah. it ah yeah all the thousands of listeners heard that uh i'm gonna play this to my missus see told you um if you could learn one new skill what would it be and why oh okay um i was thinking about this recently to be honest um i think i'd really love to learn a language i didn't really take it seriously enough at school um and because everything you know it's so easy you just go abroad on holiday um and then you just speak in english and it's like oh i'd love yeah. to be able to speak spanish or italian um you know and converse with with people and, and as i said earlier sort of embrace their culture um because i i think actually that 
you always just sort of feel like on the edge even if you are going on like a real traveling backpackers holiday like you're not able to fully immerse yourself so i think that that's what i'd have to go to do good touch yeah love it um that's a that's a wrap i suppose the the best place to finally end is uh tell us where we can find you tell us where we can find brill band website um yeah. actually it might be good so not only give us your social media so website linkedin all that sort of stuff but tell tell people where the, the coverage is for brill band at the moment as well yeah it's good it's uh both are good questions so let's start with the um no both easy um <laughs> You can find us Brillband uh, in Instagram. You just just type in Brillband at Brillband. Um, that's us. Um, uh, it'd be great if you could give us a follow. Um, you know, we're going to be we're gonna be doing some fun things. Um, uh, and then in terms of me, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find Brillband on LinkedIn as well. Please again, do give us a follow. Uh, Startup Challenger. You know, the more people we can get followers, spreading the word, the better. Um, in terms of uh, the next question, where can you find us? Um, Right now, you can find us in all major Scottish cities. So, um, and very, very soon, we will be coming south of the Scottish border. Um, so we're looking at Q3 of this year, probably tail end of Q3. Um, and again, you'll be able to find us in all city fibre big locations. Nice. Uh, a pleasure. We've spoken quite a few times over the last few months, and it, it's always been a good conversation. Um, I value what what you're doing, and I value you as a person. Uh, straight up, I think you I think you're great. Um, I wish you all the best. I thank you so much for coming on, um, and I and I hope uh, you get what the business deserves. Um, genuinely, I think it, it I think it's fantastic in a in an industry that a lot of people will resonate on some of the current difficulties. It's probably the best way. To put it. Yeah. So yeah, no, thank you, uh, and I hope you enjoyed it. No, I appreciate it, Brad. Thank you very much. No worries. No worries. Thank you very much. Before we go, I wanted to thank today's episode sponsor, Akenza.io. Don't forget to check out the link in the description and gain access to a 30-day free trial of their self-service platform. Thank you for tuning into the IoT Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're on and see you next week for more IoT talks and tales.